Well, hello and good afternoon and welcome to the latest episode of La Magic Cast. Welcome to episode 203. I'm your host, Scott Monroe. We are recording on a Monday, the 29th of May, which is a bank holiday for us in the UK. Uh, yesterday was the six-year anniversary of Francesco Totti's last game with the club and a very emotional Sunday. I- I was actually at the game, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, with me today, I've got Joey. How are you, Joey? Nerves kicking in yet? Hey, Scott. Oh, yeah. They've been in the, since, like, we made the final. <laughs> the, the the moment we made the final, I, uh, I already started thinking about it. Uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely kicking in more and more as each day goes on. Yeah, I probably will start feeling it Wednesday, probably a lot closer to to kickoff. Quite, I'm okay now. I'm more amped up for next Sunday because I'm actually going to the game against Spezia, and with the kickoff times announced. But yeah, uh, I'm more I'm more amped for that and get to see the Olympico one last time this season. Right, uh, we will be talking about Fiorentina to Roma 1, Roma's horrific capitulation in the second half, and then we'll be previewing the game on Wednesday uh, in Hungary. It is Hungary, isn't it? Budapest? Yes, it is. Yeah, I always get those, uh, like I said the last time, I always get Budapest and Bucharest mixed up. Um, They both held finals, but yeah. Um, We'll start off with Fiorentina 2, Roma 1, Stefano Schwari, and then two late goals. One was should have been called off for a foul. Second one was a Roger Abanez horrible mistake. But it was the Gennaro Gattuso meme, wasn't it, Joey? Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe, <laughs> maybe shit. Second half was quite bad. First half, they played pretty well and really should have been fawning up at halftime. They capitalised on Fiorentina's ridiculously high line. But it feels like two points dropped and they're winless in eight in Serie A since the Udinese game in April the 16th. And they've gone into the final with no form. It's a bit bit concerning, but Wednesday's a one-off. But what were your thoughts on Saturday's game? Yeah, I think you said it perfectly with the Gennaro Gattuso saying uh, sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. And that's what we saw. We saw a great first half, which Roma um, should have scored at least, I say at least three goals mm. they could have scored in the first half with the chances they had. Uh, the numbers they had going forward, but they were just, again, just lack of finishing, ter- terrible mistakes in, in terms of the buildup and getting the final pass right in that sense. Uh, I remember one play we had Gini Wijnaldum uh, made a, a great play to go around the player. I, I think he may have nutmegged him, or if not, he went to his side, got the ball by the challenge, had the, I don't know if it was a three on two or a four on three. We had numbers forward, and he under hit a pass behind somebody. Just key, just little mistakes like that just seemed to cost them. But they had a great first half. I thought Smalling was really good. Um, then came second half. They went very conservative. Is this because of it was in view of the final? They didn't want to, you know, uh, exert so much energy. I don't know what the case is, but they didn't have a great second half at all. Uh, obviously, that foul on Missouri uh, should have been called. Um, I'd say the second goal, Ibanez, look, he did horribly to clear that ball. It was definitely a mistake from him. But if you notice, Scott, the uh, back post, there were so many Fiorentina players. There were like at least four. And Roma, I, I, I remember only seeing Celic around that area. So it's just... I, I don't know, just good first half, bad second half. I think if we played most of the starters, uh, I think we would have just been much better off. But I, again, for for looking through to the final, it, it's hard to say whether they, they gave 100% effort. Yeah, um, they did an overload, would you say, for both goals with men at the back post. I wonder if that was... Um... And, excuse me, an instruction from Italiano right near the end because Roma sat deeper and deeper and deeper and invited more pressure to Fiorentina and they crumbled. Um, 
like first half they looked good in the forty-three-one, four-three-three. They looked quite good, and then I wonder if it was tactical, not tactical, but pre-planned for those substitutions, just to get minutes under the belt, just get leg uh, minutes in their legs before the final. And then he switched to a three, and it sort of fell into Fiorentina's hands. And they didn't really offer much going forward, but if they only put the game to bed at half time, that probably that plan would have been a lot better. Would you agree? Oh, certainly. Uh, that's that's been a problem all year. Is they always have these uh, these wonderful first halves. Obviously, not mm. every game, but these games where they do, they don't seem to. Most games, they don't seem to put it away, and that was a problem. We could have been up at least two to three by halftime, and I'm being generous by saying two because I think it was three or more and they just they couldn't put the the game away I personally think if we had Smalling uh, even at the one zero lead playing the full 90 minutes I, I'm not even sure if we concede if we do maybe we'll concede one of the goals but even at that they sh- one of them should have been called off because that foul on Missouri was I, I, I don't know how you missed it um, he played an okay game by the way I was mm. I was I was pretty impressed you know, for an 18-year-old, uh, tough environment. He played an okay game, but yeah, just uh, I think the the substitutions and switching to a three-back, it just I don't know. It, it was way too conservative for them, and it ultimately cost them the game. Is that on the coach? Yes, but the thing is, I I don't know if it was partly, but I don't know if it was uh, again if it was pre-planned. We'll never know with uh, with with the final coming up. Mm. I don't know. You you never know. If if there was no final, you would see Smalling for ninety minutes. Oh, and of course, we, yeah, exactly. And I, I think he Smalling has been our best defender or most important defender since probably uh, Benatia back in what was it twenty thirteen? I believe thirteen fourteen. Yeah, that wonderful season he had. So I think if he was there, it's just. Uh, just besides the way he plays uh, defense, the way he commands the rest of the line to always be switched on and to keep their shape, and the, even playing out of the back, he was actually he he the last couple of games he's played some wonderful uh, progressive uh, balls going forward, and so it just uh, just with him if if we had that and if we had guys play the whole game, they took out Al Sharari for precaution. I, I think it would have been a different result, but. It's partly on the coach, but they bet it all in on the final, so it's hard to it's hard to to you know to uh, to be mad at them for for that because that's what anybody would do at this stage. They would just gamble everything for the final game on Wednesday. Yeah, because it's got all to play for. Um, this run of form is peculiar, isn't it? In Serie A, they haven't won in Serie A since. April the 16th against Udinese. So you've got the two Milan games, the Monza game. Uh, Bologna, Salernitana, and then Saturday. Apologies if I'm missing one. Am I missing one? Uh, uh, Monza? Yeah, got Monza because it was, remember, we played Milan, Monza, Inter, Inter, Bologna. Bologna. Uh, Salernitana on the Monday and then Fiorentina. So they're they winless in seven. And sorry, yeah, they're winless in eight in all competitions because they did beat by Leverkusen. But this form has been quite peculiar. You see these type of form with Roma in March and February. But now, is it just because they've put all the eggs in the Europa League basket and hoping just for the one-off final against... The undertaker of, uh, of European football on that competition in in Sevilla, who are the masterminds, but it's two streaks coming together on Wednesday. But is it because of that? Because the form has just fallen off. Because we may have said on this podcast, but that Alexi Salamaka's goal—that's a sliding doors moment, isn't it? It is, and look, I don't. I don't like to use it as an excuse to to hint, uh, you know, to mask how poor we've been in uh, in the league, especially in recent games. But you can tell once they gave one hundred percent everything to the Feyenoord game, and we had so many injuries, uh, everyone could have predicted uh, that we would that we would have a bad run of form. Maybe not this bad, 
but then we they made a calculated choice to go all in in Europe, and it showed uh, given given our lineup. So I think the decision was made since the Feyenoord game um, to go all in. They knew they needed one more knockout round just to get their final, and because uh, out of all their games they played, uh, Scott, I I won't say the away leg for Leverkusen because that was by choice. They they chose to defend, but mm-hmm. their best game out of all these running games after Feyenoord was the Leverkusen home game. Yes, so, yeah, yeah. So I, I tend to believe that they really went all in and preserved as much as they can um, to win this competition and kind of sacrifice the league. Now, things, again, could have been different if we knew about uh, Juventus's penalty, but unfortunately that wasn't the case. And, of course, injuries. Already we don't have the greatest uh, up depth for two competitions. And then some games, uh, especially like Monza and Inter, we had about seven, eight players injured. So um, you knew right then and there that going going for uh, Europa League was the way to go if they wanted to make Champions League or just have a successful season overall. No, that's fair enough. I did forget one game, which was Atalanta. So that's, what, eight in Serie A and nine in all comps after the Leverkusen. Was that one winning? Yeah, one win, and that was against Leverkusen. This is scary, but it's understandable because you've had injuries, suspension, um, poor form, and then just all the eggs in one basket, and then just right. absolutely shit housing <laughs> the semi final second leg, <laughs> which was the ultimate shit house uh, performance. I've I've seen a lot of those performances in the past, but yeah, um, I think that was up there with Inter. Scott, also to um, to mention, uh, even Sevilla. I mean, if you take a look at the opponents, um, uh, we'll get to them, obviously the preview mm. part later. But just in terms of form, when they when they actually drew away to Juventus and they knew they had a chance, um, you know, to pass, they they haven't had the best run of form leading up to the final either. They haven't won in in three games now uh, since they won the. Um, since they won the second leg against Juventus. So them too, it's, you know, it's kind of the same thing. They've rotated a lot of players. I've been keeping follow and they haven't won in three games either. So they're not coming in the best of form. And you can just tell that both teams are really all for all or nothing for, uh, to win the Europa League. Yes. Um, Sevilla, um, played Real Madrid at the weekend. Um, I'm just looking at the results. They did also play the derby, uh, the Grand Derby against their fiercest rivals. And um, in midweek, they played Elche. Elche, on, yeah, uh, 24th, yeah, yeah. They had a re- they've had a re- they've had a red card in two straight games. But I watched Scott, and you can tell they they seem to be the same as Roma. Four. Not- they've had four red cards in four games. Yeah. Yeah, they, they <laughs> a lot. Maybe it, uh, it's it's crazy. But even them, Scott, I, I like they're not maybe not as conservative as Roma because you know they have different type of way of playing. But you you can tell uh, their form is dipping a little bit. I I don't know. I think they're fully concentrated on the final as well. Shall we go into that? Well, they're they're eleventh they're in La Liga. Um, they're locked on forty nine points with two of. Probably the surprise teams to do well in La Liga this season in Girona, who got promoted last season, and Rea Vallecano, who were in their second season. Um, I watched La Liga multicam yesterday, and it was it was amazing. Um, <laughs> I watched the second final day of the season. There was twists, turns, Valencia relegating Espanyol in the final moments of the game, um, and pretty much they need a win on the final day at Betis, but. Um, Sevilla in 11th, but they're on 49 points. Uh, they have an outside chance of getting Conference League football next season because Osasuna are in 7th. Athletic Club, who did a Roma and absolutely wasted so many chances and then lost one at home to Elche. But no, um, it's it's interesting at the moment. How are you feeling? How's your confidence levels? Because, as you said, Sevilla have not won in three in La Liga. They've had four red cards in four games, which was Marcos Acuna. He's going to miss the final. He got sent off for time-wasting, which was absolutely wonderful. Actually, no, sorry, Real Betis had a player sent off in, the, in El Gran Derby, not Sevilla. I apologies. That was Juan Miranda. Um, 
and against Elche, they lost um, Pap Gay, who was sent off. And then at the weekend, they had ah, Marcos Acuna sent off <laughs> yeah, again. again. <laughs> he, he got an early vacation. <laughs> yeah, so he's got um, so he's got two red cards. Um, so Rasof, uh, Sevilla play Rasof Dad, who hear this, Joey? They're going to be in the Champions League next season. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they had a great season. Yeah, they lost away at Atletico Madrid, um, but Villarreal, I think they, Villarreal lost away at Real Vallecano, which meant Real Sociedad, in each the last 20 years, this is their third time in the Champions League, so 2003, 2013, 2023. But, yeah, um, but running on to Wednesday, with the news of Dybala coming out today that he trained and it looks like he probably will maybe start or could be on the bench. I know you've been proper anxious about this. How you sweating. <laughs> sweating, profusely sweated in the Canadian weather. How are you feeling going into Wednesday? Cause it's a one-off it's, it's streak versus streak. I've, I'm going to make undertaker references <laughs> again <laughs> from WWE. Well, he did lose the seat to Brock Lesnar. Who's going to be the Brock Lesnar out of this? Roma, are you quite confident going into this? <sighs> I'm. I, I I don't know how to answer that, Scott, because uh, I like I th- always like to say I'm confident, but then you, to be honest, the truth is I, I don't know. I'm very uh, I'm very conservative when it comes to I don't want to be overconfident, nor am I uh, you know uh, less confident about it. It just it, it, it's hard. Uh, just the recent run of form is brought a bit of nerves in me and you don't know which Roma you're going to get right so uh I don't I'm uh I'm a little confident but not not overly Scott because uh, f- for a final you never know how it could turn out no that's understandable I think I was probably more confident last season because Roma ended the season pretty well they beat Leicester and then they beat Torino um and they had some wins at the end of last season this season is like shit um, it's do or die, but Mourinho doesn't lose finals, nor does Sevilla. <laughs> well, one streak's got to be broken. Your so. one streak's got to be broken, which is good. Uh, which is going to be it's difficult, but I am confident because Jose is like the master. He's the master tactician in in finals. He's won them with Manchester United, um, Chelsea. Um, Inter. Porto, Inter. He doesn't lose finals. Um, I don't think he took. Uh, he didn't take. Didn't take Chelsea to a European final, but he's won domestic finals. Um, but how would you? We we talked about this not so long ago. The setup. Are you still keeping it as the tried and tested uh, as the the three four three? Because they did switch to a four two three one. I think that could be something to look forward to. To look into, sorry, but is it? There's probably two question marks. Would you agree? Um, third centre back, and if the bar starts, um, actually, I think there's there's a little. There's actually three question marks. Uh, yeah, because of uh, Spinazzola. Spinazzola, yeah, yeah. If he plays Zaleski out on the left and played Celic on the right. Yeah, he. Uh, so I'll leave. I'll leave that last. Is the question mark the biggest one? Is obviously Dybala. Is he healthy mm. or is he not? If he's not, who comes take his place? I think Mourinho has two choices um, between. But this will also affect the wing back position where Spinazzola is. I think El Shwari starts given his form. He scored. I, I think it's five in his last five games. I'm not mistaken, or four in his last five, something like that. So, with, besides Dybala, he has been our probably our most prolific scorer. He mm. scored the most goals, you know, uh, in terms of average minutes. Besides, obviously, Dybala. So, I think he's earned a start. Now, where does he play? Is the question. Does Mourinho trust Zaleski to play wing back, or does he want to put El Shuari there? Because El Shuari can play there, and he can also score from that position. So. He might, he might, if he, if he, if uh, Dybala, excuse me, cannot start, I think El Shari will start. But if El Shari starts, where does he play? Does he play higher up or does he play deeper? I can really see him playing deeper. 
and then bringing in that third midfield, which may may even be Bove. It okay. might be Bove, it might be Genie, but it yeah. will be one of the two. But one if he plays further up, definitely I could see Zaleski. Yeah, and I then, agree. Yeah, and then besides those question marks is obviously center back. It's Llorente or Ibanez. It's I'm it has I know. to be Lorente. It has to be Lorente. Banyas' form is um, very hit and miss. Yeah, I'm I'm a risk taker, Scott. If it were me, I what I saw out of the Banyas in Europe all season. Again, I know it's different from Syria. I probably risk it on Banyas. You're either if you get a ten on ten from Banyas to me to me is better than a ten on ten from from Urente, if that mm. if that makes sense. I just think the anticipations and the way he can intercept the ball is like, it's far, I guess it's far better, but it's better than um, Llorente athletically. And the biggest thing is if we need a goal on a set piece, I'd rather Ibanez be there for a corner. Mm. And because his, his jumping ability is great than Llorente. But again, the risks is if you get a poor game from them, well, Ibanez game is much poorer than, Urente. So it's definitely a hit or miss, but he played so well against Leverkusen, both legs, Ibanez. I'm still going to go with Ibanez. I'm probably in the minority for this, but I'm still going to go with Ibanez for the final. Don't change the back three. And obviously we know the two midfielders, the double pivot, uh, Matic and Cristante. And then the question marks, Dybala doesn't start. I think El Shwari starts. Now does he start wing back or, or up front? That's that's what we'll, what we'll find out Wednesday, but that's how I would line up. Again, I, I don't, I wouldn't mind either choice at center back. Just for a final, I don't know. If you get a if you get a good game from Urente and Ibanez, I just think um, you'll get more of an impact from Ibanez if he has a good game than Urente. That's, and I'm thinking more of like set pieces and athletically, and sometimes intercepting the ball high. I'm thinking in those aspects. So. But I trust Jose to make the right choice, Scott. So mm. I think he'll make the right choice, at least for the centre-backs coming up to the final. Yeah, because one's an aggressive centre-back, which ha- it, it has the tendencies to get him into trouble. And it's got him into trouble quite a lot this season. Um, but it's also his strongest point. And then got Lorenzo, who's quite good on the ball and quite adaptive. And is quite, would you say, touch-tight? On defense, on a defense, but he is playing against Spanish team, and he has played in La Liga before for Real Madrid, and he's played in the Premier League. He's going back to a Championship club because Leeds got relegated yesterday. Um, but uh, I, I will feel... say it does suit him, though, Scott. Yeah, Llorente, uh, because Llorente, um, the the one, the type of players that uh, would worry me for Llorente are big physical. Players like uh, Zapata, Lukaku, because he mm. played against Zapata and he he kind of struggled. Struggled, yeah, in, in Bergamo, yeah, yeah. Severe do have Rafa Mur, who is um, a very good uh, striker, and he's quite physical. Um, I think. I don't think he'll start though. I think it's gonna be El Nesri, right? And now El Nesri, who's quite quick, nippy. Uh, left-footed, um, you, Al Nesri can play on like either side. Um, Sevilla, well, Mendilabar plays one up front. It's either Rafamir or or El Nesri, and then you've got Papu Gomez, Suzo, Lamela. Oh, behind. Yeah, Luca Campos, Tor- Torres. They've been playing. I've seen yeah. all of Torres. You started against Juventus. Yeah, it's just it's just question marks. It's just um, who do you start with? But yeah, because he's been because recently before Sevilla been playing with a back three, but he switched to a four and had Fernando and Rakitic as like the double pivot, and then you got like yeah, you got you can have Brian Hill to that, Oliver Torres, Lucas Acampos, and the Siri. It's just a it's an interesting it's an interesting matchup, and both teams have like had their. Their ups and downs. Remember, Sevilla were in absolute woeful trouble, and they've gone through two coaches this season. Um, Lopetegui is now at Wolves, and his future at Wolves could be in doubt because of FFP. I don't think they might have enough money to spend next season. Jorge Sampaoli left. Um, he's in Brazil with Flamengo, and now they're on Mandilabar. He's their third coach of the season, and he's sort of steadied the ship, and he has. 
an outside chance of Europa Conference League football, and then all the all the be dining at the top table <laughs> in Champions yeah. League fo- football. Really so yeah, yeah. yeah Scott, it's like- and, and Scott, for you, um, I I wanted to ask before we moved on from the lineup, uh, do you, if Spinazzola is not good to start, do you start Al Sharari there or do you start Zaleski? Oh, it's so good. It's such a hard question because. It probably matters on Dabala's fitness because you probably a part of me thinks if Dabala's fit, it'll start him, um, and it'll start as a second striker with Pellegrini behind Abraham, and then you could probably play Al Shirari on the left. But then you've got those options of playing Zaleski off the left, and then playing. Al Shirari further forward, where he's probably more dynamic and probably can get in behind the defence, which is probably the best outlet. And then you get you bring on the Bala to bring on the quality and the touch at the end. But it all matters if Roma are leading. Would you agree? Yeah, certainly, certainly. He's uh, he's got a ton to think for. I, I think he's already. I think he already knows who's going to play, and he's known for a little little while because uh, that's all they've they've focused on. I don't think they even focused at all on Bologna or Fiorentina or Salernitana. Really, they they said their head was to the final from the minute they made it. So I think he's got something in line. It, it just really the only thing he's waiting for is Dybala status, which I think he'll he'll come off the bench. Okay, fair enough. I, I like I'm probably sixty forty on whether he'll start, but no, that's just my opinion. I reckon he knows nine, I reckon he knows nine out of the 11. It's just two, those two. Okay. My, mind games again, they had a whole article saying about how uh, he did this with Pogba Mourinho. He's done this with so many players and they're, they're trying to feed the media as much as they can to think it's like a pre tactic for the game. Yeah, he did it. What when they won the when sorry when they when Manchester United won the Europa League in 2017 against Ajax. Remember, they thought Ajax was going to win it, and because they were the darlings of European football uh, that year, they were just phenomenal. Phenomenal. Because I, I watched the the game they they get uh, they play against Lyon and they just tore them apart, and then Mourinho just went nah. I don't lose finals, yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he just like uh, I think was it was it Mkhitaryan and Spalding? Pa- was uh, it Pogba? It, well, Pogba scored, but he was the one um, that they they didn't think he'd play the final. He was injured. He was injured, and then suddenly he showed up in the final and played. Uh, kind of like the same Dybala situation, and he scored, and then Mkhitaryan scored the second. Yeah, it was like a goal in each half. Bloody uh, hell, that was six years ago. Um, I think that was near the anniversary of the Manchester bombings, but no, um, yeah, I think he does know nine out of the eleven. It's just those two. Yeah, uh, where who plays left wing back? Who plays left centre back? Yeah, and it's just like if the baller starts, so eight or nine out of eleven. But it's, it's going to be interesting. I'm not going to ask you for a prediction because it's probably the worst thing. No, it will just get taken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I definitely don't want to make prediction. I, I will say, Scott, I, I, I kept this in mind today. We had a comment from uh, from Theo uh, Dabala Jules about the um, about the jersey. I hope he's uh, listening. Yeah, this, yeah. this morning away jersey. It ended up being that the UEFA accepted the request. They're actually going to be wearing the home one for the finals. Uh, okay. That makes more sense. Well, it only makes sense, right? Sevilla, Sevilla is naturally in white, so I assume mm. they're going to wear their white jerseys. Yeah, yeah, I think they will. Um, so, yeah, so we'll probably be recording on Thursday <laughs> after the game. It'll probably be a happy pod or just no yeah, pod at all. No pod, no pod at all, but no, I'm, I'm confident. But it, as I said earlier, I'm going to repeat myself. Excuse me. It's streak versus streak. And Sevilla have won this tournament six times, I think it is, in 07, 08. No, 06, 07, 07, 08. No, no. So they beat they beat Middlesbrough. They beat Espanyol. 
They beat Benfica. They beat Liverpool. They beat the Ukrainian side, Dnipro. And they've also beaten Inter Milan. Yeah, the last one being Inter Milan. I think it was the yeah, COVID. Season, right? Yeah, they COVID. 3-2, I remember. They beat us as well. That was the only time we faced them. Um, we played them in the uh, the first knockout game. Yeah, that, that was an awful an performance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was, I think Roma were pretty much cooked because I think they played, what was it, 16 games in like six weeks? Yeah, it was a lot. And I don't know if you remember the goal, Scott. Just horrific defending. Uh, was it Sergio Regulon? And uh, I'm just going to look. He scored the second one because it was in. Was it? It was in. Was it in Germany? Yeah, it was a neutral. It was a neutral ground. Yeah, I'm just, I'm for just a looking. one-off game. Just looking now because it was in. Germany. I want to yeah. say Enesri, but I'm not. Enes, I'm not yeah. sure. It was it, him. Yeah, it was him, and one one of our favorite players got sent off for Roma in the hundredth minute. Oh, great! <laughs> uh, it was Gianluca Mancini. Yep, definitely. And if you see the goals, I mean, just the defending from Perez and Ibanez, but he was a lot younger, so you know he was just coming into the team. It was just it was horrific. That, that Roma that side that day was Paolo Perez, Mancini, Ibanez, Kolarov. The experiment of Kolarov playing as a left centre back, um, yeah, that still gives me a little bit of PTSD. Uh, Spinazzola, Cristante, I think it was Pellegrini, Bruno Perez, Mkhitaryan, uh was it Gonzalo Villar or and then Edin Dzeko? It may have been Zaniolo. He came on, yeah, Zaniolo came on, uh, yeah. Oh, it was just. Oh. That game was just awful, but it does. Yeah, it was a it was a really bad game. Yeah, it was that was three years ago. Um, <laughs> Roma were, I think they were cooked <laughs> because yeah, um, it was Zaniolo and Mkhitaryan in support. Um, Pellegrini didn't start, I don't think, in that game. No, I don't think so. It was Diawara. Oh my god, how much has changed? <laughs> a lot. A lot. Even not just from a, um, even not just from a a uh, a personnel point of view, but the way we play, at least defensively, you know, like those type of goals don't really seem to happen anymore. So just in in terms of human mentality, it has changed a lot in three years. Definitely. All right. That's probably enough talking about Wednesday. There's one more league game, and there's um, and that is against Spezia because the kickoff times finally Legacia gave the week thirty eight kickoff times, and it is spread over three days or three evenings because, as you noticed, if you were watching games over the weekend, there were calling breaks. The calling breaks were back, um, especially in the lunchtime kickoff. I game I was watching, so. Sassuolo Fiorentina is the Friday game, and that kicks off at 9 p.m. local time. Torino Inter is the half past six game. Cremonese San Natana and Empoli Lazio are the nine o'clock games on the Saturday. So you've got one, three, six, and then the six games on the Sunday is Napoli Sampdoria, which is five well five thirty UK time six thirty which is Spalletti's last game for Napoli before his sub uh, before his time off and Sampdoria's last game in Serie A as they finish rock bottom. Atalanta Monza at nine, Lecce Bologna at nine, Milan Verona at nine, Roma Spezia at nine and Udinese Juventus at nine. So they've got the the relegation battle between Verona and Spezia as the two games at nine. Also, there is a European qualification, you would say, between potentially Atalanta, Roma, and Juventus, if they're not part from Europe for next season. They all have to sort of play at the same time. And also, the, the last could be the Conference League spot, because if Juventus are not barred from Europe, it's either going to be Monza, Bologna, or Fiorentina. But yeah, Fiorentina, that's if Fiorentina doesn't win the uh, conference league final. Conference, yeah, because they, they they will be in the um, Europa League. Whoever wins that, West Ham or Fiorentina. But yeah, would you expect? I was I was hoping for a six o'clock kickoff, but or six thirty, but eight nine o'clock 
that seems about right because it has permutations on the relegation fight because Lecce won away at Monza with that Lorenzo Colombo penalty in the 101st minute and Patrick Kendrick's wonderful commentary on it for the world feed, which has gone viral with with all that. And yeah, Milan have got Verona. I watched the Verona game yesterday. They were very lucky just to get a point. They defended so deep right near the end and Empley could have won it. But yeah, um, if Roma win Wednesday, they don't give. A, they don't give. <laughs> they don't give. A, they don't care about Sunday, do they? No, they absolutely don't. So uh, it would be at that point. It would be up to Spezia, you know, to play the game of their lives and try to take it um, because they they want Roma to win. I'm sure of it, just like we all do. And uh, it's going to be tough because even Hellas Verona, they have a tough away game at the San Siro uh, against yeah, Milan. Me, yeah. But Verona is happy that Milan qualified for Champions League officially uh, yesterday. Yes. So now they don't have anything to play for either. But it's still going to be a tough game. I don't know, Scott, do you have a prediction on who do you think is going to be saved between Spezia and Verona? Just to uh, just to give you a bit more insight, Ver- uh, Spezia does have the tiebreaker if they are leveled on points. Don't they go to a playoff if it's all leveled up? Level oh, points? that's right. That's right. Yeah, it changed. Okay. Yeah, I was because they had the head to head, so I thought they were still using that that tiebreaker. You're right. It does. Wow. You know what? I hope they get the same amount of points. I want to see. Uh, I want to see a playoff battle. Uh no, that's that's crazy. Um, oh yeah. I to be honest, I don't know. Um, by the way, I'm just reading that Spinazzola has done individual uh, is in group training they oh. did it today so okay well he's gonna be there we'll just see if he's gonna start yeah um i don't know i uh, i think it will be had us verona who will go down okay i watched the game yesterday and they were not great uh you thought missouri's far non-var was was shocking the Hellas throne of first goal or the only goal where there was a handball on Ongonj, which was not given, that has to be one of the worst bar calls I've seen this season. I saw the replay. I didn't watch the game, but I, I saw that uh, online and I was like, wow, that, that was a horrible call. But he, Scott, it's been like this all season. I hope yeah. we can keep a section for, you know, when we do our last podcast before the end of the season, just a, a serial ref rant because this is just... Every weekend, there's always something. It's crazy. It's it's horrific. I posted a steal on social, and it, it there was like thirteen. Well, I think there was eleven quote tweets just going uh, about the. Is it the AII AIA? Yeah, the AIA. Yeah, the that, and they were just like, "Oh, what's going on?" Uh, it's it, that was the one of the worst. I thought, "What?" Because they showed the replay, and I thought, "Ah, oh, that has to be chalked off." Nothing. It was Chiefy, and it was uh, Daniele Chiefy, of who course. was everyone's favourite referee from Mourinho. And then I saw someone put a tweet out about was it the six or seven infringements on Roma, but that might sound petty and might piss a lot of people off. But I won't go into it. But no, um, who do you think is going down? I'm going to say Hellas Verona as well. I think uh, I think if there's something Spezia can give to uh, to their game, I think uh, Enzola uh, can be one of the, can be one to save them um, over Verona. I just I don't know. I don't see anybody there that can really step up and be a difference maker. So Spezia, uh, Spezia to me, Scott, they've just had some bigger wins this season. Uh, against teams, you know, they beat they beat Milan, they beat mm. Inter. Um, they did they beat somebody else? If I'm not mistaken, they might have beaten or drawn another top team. If I'm mm. not mistaken, but they've just had a, a few bigger games. Uh, whereas Hellas Verona, I, I don't know, I haven't seen anything at all like an upset. No great games from them. The only thing I've ever seen which was crazy was the the win against Sassuolo, but that was such an error from. Concede the 
to give that goal to Gaich. But other than that, I haven't seen much from Verona at all this year. So I, I think uh, Enzela can be a difference. And um, who's that other player? Uh, is it Esposito? The one who made the free kick. Yeah, uh, so they bought them. They bought him from Spal. Yeah, four million. His brother is Sebastian Esposito, who plays. Yeah, for exactly. He he played remarkable Inter. that game. Mm. I I just think they have a few more players to kind of get them over the edge if they go to a, a relegation playoff. So um, even when it comes up to the game, Scott, if it's if it's even in in terms of Roma not having anything to play for and Milan not having anything to play for. I think Milan's depth is obviously there's a few more players. That's a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. And Roma, Roma, you can tell their form has just been, it's just been one of the worst. I think it's been the second worst after Sampdoria since, since that, since like I was, we were saying the 16th of April. Uh, I just think them, they, they'll, they'll have, uh, they'll have more of a chance Spezza to beat Roma than, Hellas Verona to beat uh, Milan, so I think Hellas Verona is going down. Yeah, I agree. Like Hellas got absolutely thumped by Inter not so long ago. Um, you mentioned uh, Spezia beating Inter. That was the turning point for I reckon for Inter because the, the, since then they've been on a magnificent run and got Champions League football for next season. But they've got. I think they had that one game, Scott. I think after that, the Salernitana game, they got the tie. Uh, yeah, on Easter, on a Easter bunch Friday. Of opportunities. Yeah, after yeah. that, they just they just exploded. Lukaku's finding his his old form. Mm. Uh, same with Lautaro Martinez. But yeah, as Spezia, uh, that 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 win they had, and yeah, it's just I don't. know, It's just the the feeling I have. They'll uh, they'll stay up. I really want to see the reg. Uh, relegation playoff battle to be honest maybe Shomurdov or maybe Shomurdov will score against his old team you never know maybe he'll score the winner and uh and save Spezia I hope so because it will give them a chance to buy him you never know I hope not because I've, I'm, I'm going to be at the game on Sunday and I've got a, a, a oh, this is a selfish right. this is a selfish point of view. I've got a good record recently I haven't seen Roma lose in the league since 2017 to the games I've been to. And I was against Napoli when Dries Mertens scored. So, yeah. Oh, this we got to the- send you. We got to send you to Budapest, Scott. We no, should have no, earlier. No, <laughs> I, I wish. Um, but, no, it's going to be an interesting final day. Um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i be at the game, but I'll be keeping a, a breast of all the goals and all the, sorry, all the scores from afar. I may watch a couple of games when I'm out there. On Sky, on Sky Sport or Dozen, which Dozen could be quite fun if the, the streaming problems they've had this year and last year and probably the year before in Italy. Um, before we wrap up, yesterday was the anniversary of Totti Day. I was at that game. Do you have any abiding memories Ooh, of yeah. watching that from uh, afar? It, yeah, I watched it. I was home. I couldn't get a ticket. Same thing like uh, Budapest. It was just it was just impossible. Mm. Uh, I'll always say I was glad to watch uh, Tati live. I watched him twice actually the year before because they had a friendly with uh, our MLS team here in Montreal. Mm-hmm. It was the first time I've ever seen him, but I already planned to go to Roma and I saw him versus Sampdoria. That was the second last goal he ever scored for Roma when he scored from the PK in the 90th or 91st minute. So... The downpour game. The downpour, yeah. I went to the hail game, Scott. Oh, God. I, I will ask you about that. Um, that was crazy, wasn't it? Because it was 2-1 at half-time, then the downpour, then 40, was it 40 minutes? Yeah, it was about 40, 50 minutes stop. Yeah. Where was you stand, sitting? I always sit at um, the, I think it's the Tributina. It's the opposite of Monte Mario, across. Yeah, the Tevere, yeah. Yeah, I always sit there. I always don't mind paying a little more to sit centrally. It's not like I go to every game. Um, so I sat like it was probably my best seats. I've been to about five or six games. I think it's five. And I sat really uh, smack in the middle at the halfway line, a few rows up. So you get a nice view of everything. So I wanted the best seats, especially for my first game. I was just nervous, Scott, because that the way it was planned out is the next day I had to I had to leave to come back to Canada. And there were talks about potentially delaying yeah, uh, yeah. the rest, suspending the game. And 
I would have been so upset if that happened that my first ever game, I don't even get to see the end of it uh, because of everything that happened with the hail. But luckily, they came back out, uh, taught these wonderful passes, Jekko. I remember where they tied the game 2-2. And uh, then they got the penalty, which I'll be honest, was a little... Very, very dodgy. Very, very very dodgy. Very. Maybe they knew I was in the stands and they wanted to let me leave happy, so... We scored, uh, then Tati scored the winner, and yeah, it was uh, it was one of the better games for sure. And I, I was glad to see him live, and then just uh, the next year, yeah, just I don't, know, I just sat in my living room for for a little while. I watched everything until they stopped showing the broadcast, and I was just sad. It was just like I knew it was kind of time to move on in in terms of like you know Roma. Uh, I get the direction they wanted to go to grow as a team, but. Being my favorite player was just, it was really hard to see him retire. Emotionally, it was sad, but yeah, uh, it is what it is. I mean, it happens to everybody. So it just, it, it, it was hard to get over, but eventually, you know, as time goes on, you get better about it and you just relive back all the good memories. How, how was it at the actual stadium for you? Since uh, I'm so glad you're able to go live, lucky you. Emotional. I was with a friend who's part of Roma Club Norway. And just to say, the tears were shed at full time. There was a lot of emotion. I got sunburned because it was bloody hot. And I got sunburned on my legs. Um, it was really hot. There was a, It took a, a little bit to get in. I got in about half hour before kickoff. But yeah, it was packed. It was, the game was nervy as heck because Pellegri scored after a in the first half and then who scored for Roma? Jacko like, and then De Rossi made it 2-1 and then uh, the Darko Lazovic lobbed Chesney and I'm thinking oh this club is just going to make me go to hell and then Perotti scored right near the end and it was a Fazio Flickhead and Perotti made I think Roma finished was it Roma finished second that season um, behind Juve and then it was just yeah. bedlam. And then the last four minutes were just like totty. And then afterwards, it was just emotion because he walked around the pitch. There was some montages. He waved goodbye. And then he had the, the stuff in the centre circle. I think I got back to my hotel just before nine o'clock. I got some food because um, I went home the next day. Um, yeah, it was just, it was, <laughs> it was emotional. And it was like, Everyone stayed to the end. I think no one, no one left. I think by the Genoa fans, but yeah, it was just, it was really good to see. I think as soon as it was announced that he was retiring and and he was not going to play for the club no more, I thought I was just like, I have to go because it was on a bank holiday in the UK. So I could have, I could have, I, I finished work on a Friday, flew out Saturday morning, and come home uh, Monday afternoon, and it was, I did, and it was perfect, and it was well worth the trip. It was just, it was really good to see. Um, do you do you find it odd, uh, Scott, that Roma, like, weren't they put in a, a like, in a weird situation because they had to win the game, but they also wanted Tati to get a proper send-off by playing the the rest of it. So it, it was kind of hard for Luciano, for me, for Luciano Spalletti to kind of manage it because he kind of had to give Tati minutes, even though, you know, it might not have been in his best interest, but they also had to win the game. Yeah, so, it was quite quite weird because if you, if you know who he came on for, Salah, was, yeah, which is Mo Salah, and that was Mo Salah's last game for the club because what was it six weeks later he signed for Liverpool, and Salah didn't have a good game that game, but he had a really good season. But yeah, just like you lost a key component going forward, and, and then you lose Totti, like, and it was a must-win game, because I think Napoli were away at Sampdoria, and they won, and Juventus wrapped up the title a week before. Yeah. That was, that was the season where Roma potentially could have won two trophies, and then they fought it in, like, three weeks, and it just it capitulated. Right. And the win was important, because at that time... Uh, third was going into a, uh, a qualification playoff for, for Champions League. It wasn't even direct qualification. Mm. It was only the top two. So Roma had to win that game. Uh, Salah didn't have a good game, but you know he had a great season. So you would think there'd be, with his pace and the way he's played all year, there might have been a more uh, 
you know, more of a chance of scoring with him on the field, but you had to give Tati minutes. Uh, although Tati, obviously, his last year wasn't bad, you know, he just, he wasn't the same player, can't run all over the pitch. You don't know what you're going to get, but ultimately, ultimately it worked out. We brought Tati on and we ended up winning the game. So it's kind of an odd situation, but in the end, I'm glad it worked out for everybody. Yeah, it was an amazing day. It was just chaos. It was... Because <laughs> you have the the emotional roller coaster. It was typical Roma, to be honest. Go one nil down. Um, Pellegrini breaking Moise Keane's record for the youngest goal scorer in Serie A. Them two still in Serie A, by the way. Pellegrini at Torino and Keane still at Juventus. But yeah, how times have changed. It was just um, it was a great day. It was really good to be a part of. Apart from the sunburn which was not fun <laughs> the day after as I, as I flew back. But I did see Clement Grenier in the airport on the way home. Cause he was oh, Roma legend. Yeah. Cause he was on loan at Leon, but yeah, we're, we're going down, we're reminiscing and going down a path, but yeah, that was a very special day. Um, I think it will live long in a lot of Roma fans hearts, hearts, sorry. Cause they were at that game and yeah, um, it was good to be a part of. Yeah, it certainly was. Too bad I couldn't be there live, but uh, I'm glad I watched everything. And, you know, just every year when when Roma puts on social media about uh, just commemorating Tati's last day, I just rethink back to um, that game and, you know, everything after with his speech. So I'm, I'm glad we were able to live through it. Yeah, and also that was the anniversary, I think, on Saturday of the Rossi's last game. That was four years ago. Yeah, another went, sad day. It's yeah, crazy. I tried to get tickets to that, but I couldn't against Palmer. Oh, it was um, impossible as well. Yeah, it was impossible. Um, but yeah, and there was the emotions of Claudio Ranieri when he said, when the, the banner in the, in the crowd. But yeah, there, there was some um, some good memories as well. Um, Jerry, do you have anything to add before we wrap up? Uh, I just hope we make another good memory in the two days' time. Yeah, another good memory. Um, yeah, a date with destiny against Sevilla on, on Wednesday in, in Budapest. So, guys, you can follow us at lemagicast.com. Find all our previous episodes on, on the website. Uh, you can find all our podcasts on all the podcast platforms, so Apple, uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, Podbean, TuneIn, etc., etc. We'll be back Thursday before I before I go on Friday. Friday evening because uh, there is train strikes but I managed to get a train ticket because they're doing skeleton services so I managed to get a, that was the one thing I was worrying about was trying to get a ticket to, to London <laughs> for, for a hotel before I fly out but we'll be back on Thursday hopefully double champions Jerry thank you very much for joining me thank you as always Scott Force Roma ciao ciao